0: So we had Clive Frost. has had a birthday yesterday. Let's give him a hand. Janine Fraser had a birthday too. I saw her, but she's obviously disappeared already. Where's she gone? But Janine, happy birthday wherever you are. She's hiding somewhere. So let's give her a hand as well. Also, um, many of you would would be aware that Hillsong Conference was on this week, and Pastor Kylie. Was at the conference and she sent a a um, things what is it a Facebook post or something whatever you call it she said this Hillsong quote uh, from Casey Treat posted by pastor Kylie it says this if you're a Christian and you're not growing you are like a little child with nothing to do you'll get frustrated and start doing wrong things we think it's the church's fault the pastor's fault but the problem is inside us we're stuck the Christian who is growing is learning and life is exciting and energizing and passionate and changing and renewing. Our primary job is to become like Jesus. We're not there yet. So the life of a Christian is to change to grow. And I just was so excited when I read that because that's our theme for the year is, is to grow in spiritual things. And I want to encourage you today, uh, we can look at these things and just say, well, that's just a gimmick. It's not a gimmick. It's a, it's a revelation from the Holy Spirit that's speaking to you today. And we need to say, well, God, help me to grow, help me to be on this on this pathway that uh, the Lord is taking us all on and we're going on that together. So this morning, we're continuing our series on growing. And today, I want to speak on growing in wisdom. So, um, it, it's a really, really um, uh, important place, I guess, to grow into. So, wisdom is a life quality that is desirable. Would you agree with that? Wisdom is a life quality that is desirable. Most people wouldn't say, don't give me wisdom, God. You know, we, we, we want it. Um, It has, wisdom has an application for every part of life. Now, wisdom is deeper than common sense. It's beyond gut instinct. You know, we often talk about common sense and and how people don't have it. We often talk about, well, I just wasn't sure, just something in my gut told me I I shouldn't do this. Or or something in my gut feels like I should do this. And uh, wisdom is deeper and beyond those things. Wisdom is knowledge of truth and what's right to do, coupled with good judgment and good actions. That's what wisdom is. But wisdom can be having the right words at the right time, and wisdom tells us when to say nothing. Husbands, take note. (laughs) Wisdom is having the right words at the right time, and wisdom tells us when to say nothing that 's probably the, the most important key write that down on your notes today don 't forget that bit but we don 't usually have wisdom automatically wired into us you know that, that's something that that I think we have to develop we have to grow in and and it, it'd be great to think well I, wisdom is just on me it 's all over me because i 'm just such a wise person you know what when we when we do meet someone who who appears wise it 's usually because they 've measured their life and they 've developed that aspect of life and prepared themselves to be a wise person Um, proverbs is a collection of wisdom or words of the wise proverbs 1 verse 4 says this these proverbs will give insight to the simple knowledge and discernment to the young proverbs 2 verse 2 says tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding luke chapter 2 verse 52 It says, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in the favour with God and all the people. So wisdom is something that we ought to uh, want to be growing and we ought to and can grow in. Um, And I think uh, Jesus needed to grow in wisdom, so should we. So I think it's a negative if people describe us as having never changed. You ever meet people, I met someone a few years ago and they said, you haven't changed a bit and I was so discouraged. I think, can't you tell that I've changed a lot? Maybe they didn't talk to me for long enough. But I think it's, it, 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 it's a discouraging thing if people were to meet us after a long period of time and say, you haven't changed a bit. You're still dressed the same, look the same, have the same haircut, uh, talk the same. That's probably a negative in life. Um, but just as Jesus was known to have grown in wisdom, I believe it's an attribute that his followers, his disciples, that we are, that we ought to grow in wisdom as well. Thanks for that clap. That was really good. I had one <laughs> supporter there today. Psalm 90 verse 12 says, teach us to realize the brevity. Brevity means gravity or, or uh, what's a better word for it? Seriousness of life. Teach us to realize the seriousness of life so that we may grow in wisdom. Yeah. See, wisdom is the combined attributes of experience Knowledge and good judgment. So, I'm trying to give you a picture of what this thing is, this, what wisdom is, and hopefully you can apply it. The problem is, we often face life circumstances before we have the experience or the knowledge that would give us the ability to form good judgment. That's, that's where it's just not fair. Because you're thinking, I want to be so wise, but there's always something that comes at you that you weren't ready for, that you couldn't have, is, have is expected. So I'll just say that again. The problem is we often face life circumstances before we have the experience or the knowledge that would give us the ability to form good judgment. That's not the end of the line. Growing in spiritual wisdom is putting our faith in God's wisdom found in his word and doing life trusting Jesus above any other. I remember once as a young pastor, um, uh, there was one of those moments where where my senior pastor said to me, well, what are you preaching on today? And I said, I'm going to preach on parenthood. And he said, well, you can't, you aren't, you aren't a parent. You haven't got any kids yet. And, I, and it totally deflated me and caused me to, to hurriedly change my message because I, I, because I thought I had wisdom from God, from his word, that would help us. I was talking about David and, and King Saul, King David and King Saul, and the differences between you know, the, their family life. And, and that, that is because you can gain wisdom without actually having to live through it yourself sometimes. Now, now I couldn't have preached because of my own experience because I didn't have any. And definitely you, definitely you notice I don't preach about family because I don't think I'm qualified yet. My kids will probably teach you about what not to do. But growing in spiritual wisdom is putting our faith in God's wisdom that's found in his word and doing life trusting Jesus above any other. See, we can't apply, this is a really important fact as well, we can't apply worldly wisdom to things that need spirit wisdom. Because sometimes you need to realise that you need to apply spiritual wisdom to spiritual things. And sometimes we're thinking, why are the doors closing to me? Why aren't I fulfilled in church? Why aren't I feeling that that I'm getting the the fulfilment that I should be finding around me in church life? I think it's because you could be applying um, natural earthly wisdom to something that you should be applying spiritual wisdom to. And so when you cross the two together, you only get confusion. Guaranteed. God doesn't want you to be confused today. God wants to lift you and, and take you to a place of clarity, of, of uh, a purpose, of reason, And he wants you to have his wisdom deep within your spirit. And the thing is, you've got to be putting the wisdom down into you so that when you need it, you can draw it out. So that you can get something that's already there. You can't draw on what you haven't got. I can't go to the bank when I've got nothing in the bank and say, give me my money. Because they'll say, you haven't got any money. And there's too many people in church saying, I want to take a deposit of church. I want to make a deposit spiritually. I mean, I want to make a withdrawal spiritually. But you never made the deposit. Oh, you want some reasons? You make a deposit by committing yourself to being in the house of God anytime you can. That's a deposit. You make a deposit when you say, I'm going to get on my knees and pray today. That's a deposit. You say, I'm going to read my word today. And I want to ask God that you you show me something today. That's a deposit. Then when you need that wisdom, you say, I've got something there. And you can withdraw that, and you can apply that, and you can live a happy life. Now, foolishness relies on our limited insight and ability, on that alone, to judge the situation. I want to give you some quotes from some some wise men. Not Christian men, but just considered the world wise. This is Theodore Roosevelt, President of the United States from around about the turn of the century. If you could kick the person in the pants, responsible for most of your trouble, you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't sit for a month. There's wisdom there for you. <clears throat> Big jobs usually go to the men or people who prove their ability to outgrow small ones. There's some amazing wisdom there for the church. Big jobs usually go to the men who prove their ability to outgrow small ones. So never ever, in that little piece of wisdom there, never ever think that some small job is too small for you. Don't ever think, well, why should, I? why should I notice that crumb on the carpet? Because that small job will lead to something much bigger. So if you commit yourself to those small things that seem insignificant and don't matter, then you'll see that the door to big jobs opens to you. I want to see another, some other words of wisdom from Winston Churchill. Who loves Winston Churchill? Who hates Winston Churchill? <laughs> he, he said this. You have enemies. Good. That means you have stood up for something sometime in your life. Kites rise highest against the wind, not with it. There's some great, great little pearls of wisdom there. But growing in wisdom spiritually i'm talking about today um wisdom grows in you by daily doses of being with jesus you can call it a quiet time you can call it devotion time um it's just the time that you get away from distractions get away from other people and talk to god and let the spirit talk to you through his word so sometimes people can get very deceived, very distracted, very confused in life because they're, they're, they're saying, oh, God told me this and God told me that and I think I need to, I need to do this and I need to do that, but, but they haven't tested it according to the word. So the best and most reliable thing that you have to gauge godly wisdom is to measure it by his word. So you need to do that on a regular basis. So growing in wisdom, I'm going to give you four quick points about growing in wisdom, and I hope that you're able to take these things and and um, maybe take notes or or whatever. If you're listening to our podcast, welcome! Great to have you in church this morning, wherever you are today. Number one, first key to growing in wisdom is to make it personal. Turn to someone next to you and say, "Make it personal." <laughs> <clears throat> I love say I love saying that in church. Say something to someone. Ezekiel 3.10, it says this, I'll I'll put this up, Ezekiel 3.10, then he added, son of man, so Ezekiel was a prophet to to Israel, and God says this to him uh, early in his his, uh, ministry, God says, then he added, son of man, let all my words sink, sink deep into your heart first, listen to them carefully for yourself. That's the first key to wisdom, is apply it to yourself. Make it personal. It's a pride trap to live analysing and advising others, yet not living in wisdom yourself. There is a word that we have for that, it's called hypocrisy. But we won't go there today. But it's a pride trap to live advising and analysing everyone else, but not living in wisdom yourself. So the first step to wisdom is to apply it to yourself um, being an expert on everybody else's business but failing in your own is called foolish so learning and seeking and discovering are the ways to grow in wisdom so you've got to seek for yourself you've got to discover for yourself you've got to learn for yourself you've got to you got to find those things and and you want to grow in wisdom for yourself So there's some people who become experts in life and they're analysing others, they're they're giving advice to others, they're doing all that stuff, but realistically in their own life, they can't make a decision. So we need to to apply our spiritual journey to ourselves and say, God help me to grow this year, help it to be about me, not about the inconsistencies that I see in, in others. So get that, the first key to growing in wisdom, this is, and I think it is the most important, is to make it personal. If you want to be wise, make it about you. This is only one of the only times in church where we'll say it's about you. Every other time it's about everyone else, about helping them. But when it comes to wisdom, you've got to apply it and make it personal to you. Do you get that one? Okay, number two, get with the wise. Proverbs 13 verse 20. It says, walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. So, to sum this up, you need wise friends. Now, a wise friend doesn't always see life the same as you. Duh. Because we are really good at finding friends who think the same who look the same, who dress the same, who, who actually you know, like the same things. And so we, we find that that's so easy to get surrounded by people who are just like us. And you know, we can't help that because we're, we're sort of made with that nature to seek after that. But you need wise friends and a wise friend doesn't always see the same as you. So make friends with people that challenge your ideas and your efforts. You know, sometimes we like it when, when you know, we, we, we cobble together a billy cart and it's all wobbly and, and shonky and, and our friends go, wow, that's awesome, I love it. And, you know, someone else would say, well, that's, that's a piece of junk. And we need, sometimes we need people to tell us the truth. You're going to kill yourself on that billy cart if you try driving that. Proverbs 15, verse 31 to 32 says, if you listen to constructive criticism you'll be at home among the wise. Now, the, the issue here is you've got to find people who can give you constructive criticism, who can build you up. I remember one time as a, as a, as a young youth leader, um, there was a family in our church, and, and, and you know, I was doing things my best, trying to, trying to do the ministry of this youth group, and I, I was sort of venting my frustration to this, to this kid's dad. And he says to me, you know what, but that's your fault that it's like that. That's your fault that the youth group is like that. And then he said to me, this is what I suggest you should do. You should implement these changes. You should do this and you should do that. Um, Because the the problem was I was trying to, to, to translate vision into my youth leaders and they just never got it. But see, so Tuesday I'd see one person, uh, Thursday I'd go and see someone else, and, and I'd have all these disconnected meetings with everyone. I'm running myself ragged to try and uh, accommodate everybody on my team and seeing them all as individuals. He said, You need to, if they're your leaders, they should be coming to you. You need to set aside one day a week where they all come together and you talk to them there. That was wisdom. Now, he could have said, yeah, they're a bunch of losers. Yeah, you need better leaders. No, I needed to discover someone who had a little bit more life experience who helped me to solve the situation, solve the problem. And God wants to put people around your life who won't always just see things the same as you. Because, you know, when you, get, when you start to have a bit of a complaint, you know, you always find people who go, yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, you poor baby. I can understand. I see where you're coming from. You don't need people like that in your life. You need people who are going to say, well, you know what, I can, I can hear what you're saying there, but, but you need to get some wisdom here. You need to have some advice, someone who can help you break out of that. So listen to constructive criticism and you'll be home among the wise. If you reject discipline, get this, you only harm yourself. But if you listen to correction, you grow in understanding or you grow in wisdom. Now, I'll just do a caveat there. Be very cautious who you give that right to in your life. Because yeah. some people are getting, getting all the advice and all the, all the, all the, all the um, like criticisms from people who just want to tear them down. People who just don't want them to get too big, don't want them to get too cocky. So that scripture. Proverbs 15, verses 31 to 32. Um, it says, uh, If you reject discipline, you can only harm yourself. But if you listen to correction, you grow in understanding. Proverbs 17, verse 28 says, Even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. When their mouths shut, they seem intelligent. Interpretation, if you don't understand, keep your mouth shut and your eyes and your ears open. Sorry? (laughs) Keep your mouth shut and your ears open, and people will think you're wise. And you will be wise. So, if you're so comfortable among friends, that you're not careful with your words then you need new friends you need to write that one down that's that's a pearl if you're so confident among your friends that you're not careful with your words you need new friends that's wisdom so you need you need to be careful with how you talk. You need to be careful with, with what you're bringing to the conversation. If you're too loose, if you're too confident about yourself, then I tell you you you're not you're not thinking about your friends and you need new friends who, who keep you on your toes, who keep lifting you to, to to better, who keep making you think, well, oh, I can't just say just just, you know, foolish things because they're going to they're going to think that I'm a fool. But you want, you want th- those friends around you that you're, you're still trying to impress a little bit. That's okay to do that. Do you understand where I'm coming from there? Who's ready for number three? Who still loves this message? Yeah. Number three, give more than you take. See, God wisdom isn't the same as worldly wisdom. We have a thing we call streetwise that sort of would tell you, take what you can, watch your back. Don't trust others. The only way up is to step on other people. That's a streetwise kind of thinking. That's what we would describe as, as worldly wisdom. But here is one scripture that when applied will change your life. James 3 verse 17. Sorry, wrong one. James 3 verse 17. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure... It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It's full of mercy and the, uh, and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism, and it is always sincere. So i are going to just break that down a little bit, that, that little scripture. But this, this growing in wisdom means give more than you take. And we all have had, I guess, experiences where... Either someone has, has just sort of sapped everything from us and demanded from us. You know, it's never a great relationship or a great friendship builder when you've got a demand put on you all the time. Well, if you really loved me, you'd come to my birthday. Well, if you really, if you really cared, you would have been there for me. That's demanding. Well, you, you should have done this and you should have done that. They're demanding relationships that, that actually take from us And we need to be the kind of people that not only sometimes we need help, but we also help others when it's in our power to do something for them. So it's giving more than you take. So, first of all, it says here um, to be pure. What's that all about? It's about having sincerity of motives. So that you haven't got a hidden agenda behind what, why you're doing Even when you're helping someone, you can have a hidden agenda saying, well, I'm doing this, but actually I know what I've got planned and I know where I'm going to need your help to come and help me. That's not a sincere motive. That's, that's using people. But, so first of all, purity, pure motives. Secondly, it says peace-loving. Ever notice I find this in church, it's quite amazing that some people are always looking for a fight. Always misinterpreting what everybody says. There's always there's no there's no two ends of the string. There's always a big tangle in the middle. And everything is said is confused, everything that's said is is complicated, and you can't just go, let's get this end of the string and let's get that end of the string. You know what you do? You get the whole ball and drop it in the fire because it's just too complicated. But we we need to have. Um, we need to be peace-loving people. It's an attribute of being wise and a believer in Jesus, be peace-loving. And that's, a, that's a, a culture that I want to cultivate in our church, is to be a peace-loving people, not, not spoiling to fight someone, not trying to misinterpret what someone said and what do they really mean by that. You know, be peace-loving. And peace-loving means that's up to you. There's another scripture that says, as as much as it is up to you, live at peace with all people. So it's up to you to live at peace. So someone might be cranky, someone might be nasty, someone might be abrasive, but you know what, it's up to you to say, I'm not going to enter a fight. Because they might want to fight, but you don't be the one in the fight. So you walk away, you leave it. Be peace loving. Gentle at all times. Uh, it's like the, the other point but it's being not abrasive or harsh be the gentle cleaner you know, like there's, there's Ajax, that's harsh that's, that's a nasty cleaner get these other ones are a bit smoother a bit nicer, still gets the grime off but does it in a nice way but be gentle at all times I got a few half claps there, that was nearly there next one is willing to yield to others that's, that's, that's giving, willing to yield to others. So, so that means it's not your way or the highway or our way or their way. It's being willing to yield and cooperate with other people because you know, in a church you're going to have all sorts, of, all sorts of ideas, all sorts of persuasions, all sorts of people that are all different and see things differently. But when it comes to growing in wisdom, then we need to have a willingness to yield to others. Oh, honestly, I've seen people leave church because of this is absolute honest truth. The family left the church because someone said the pastor wants the cups to look like this. And, so, and, and it didn't even come from the pastor. It's just the way things get confused. The pastor wants the cups to have to be set up like this in the cafeteria. And, and someone didn't, doing the cups said, oh, I don't think they should be like that. Oh, I disagree. And so they had a big big fight and this guy and his family left the church. When you nail it all down, it's because the argument started about how they put the cups out. That's not willing to yield to others. That, that's spoiling for a fight. Next one is full of mercy. Be nice because God is nice to you. Be nice because God is nice to you. So we need to apply that to every relationship we have, especially in church. You say, why should I be nice to them? Well, because God is nice to you. Because God is nice to you when you don't deserve it. God is nice to you when you don't spend time with him. God is nice to you when, you, when, when you, you do a little bit of a cheat here and there. God is nice to you every day. And he wants you to show niceness to others who don't deserve niceness. Another one, have no favourites. That's equal scales with people. That's something we really don't do very good at all. But have equal scales. You know something? There is no great, there's no better reward for me being the preacher today than the person who helped you to seat in your seat or the person who played with the lights today. There's no, there's no greater reward for those. God doesn't have scales like we have. We think, well, I'm the president, so I've got a greater say. You know, you know what? In God's economy, no. The wisdom of the world says that. Jesus said if you want to be the greatest, you've got to be the greatest servant. So if you want, if you want to have the lead place, then start to serve. If you, want to be, if you want to be great among others, then be giving of yourself in things that serve other people. Have no favourites. Equal scales with people. The last one here is be sincere. Again, it goes back to our first point there. First of all, pure, sincere, having pure motives. And, and I think that, that scripture has that sandwich on either end is have pure motives. If you want to to be truly wise, then discover or or look into your motives. Start to say, God, what is my motive in this? What is my motive in demanding? What is my motive in serving? What is my motive in giving? So we need to to determine our motive because if our motive is wrong, then we'll find that we are heading for foolishness and we're heading for disappointment. So uh, living in, in this type of purity is what changes the world and create such greatness as a Mother Teresa, who chose a life that seemed totally foolish to the world, but in eternal value system is wisdom. So she gave up everything. She gave up her life and served the poor, served the the broken and the hurting in Calcutta, and I believe it it was born out of a purity of her motives, that she just wanted to help people, and she found the, the most you know, hurtful people in the world, the most broken people, and gave her life to that because she had a purity of motives. And God wants to uh, bring us into some uh, areas like that. You would have thought, well, how would the world ever get to know a Mother Teresa? Working in the slums of Calcutta among the poorest of the poor yet God elevated her to speak at you know, most amazing things. She's spoken to presidents and kings. She's spoken in all kinds of places when she was alive that is but because she had a purity of motives that said you know, all people matter and I don't care if I have to live among them in the most terrible slums in the world I'm going to live there and I'm going to be a blessing to these people. And the fourth one Is ask for wisdom. James 1, verse 5. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and He'll give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. See, the Holy Spirit is with you to give you wisdom on every occasion for every occasion. When you're out of your depth, stand on the Holy Spirit's shoulders. You know, sometimes we're out of our depth. As I said before, you know, in life, we, we might think, well, I just wish I had the wisdom for this, but there's always going to be something that you weren't prepared for. You know, there's always going to be that, that time, that cir- circumstance, that situation where you think, I, I could never have expected this was going to happen. But when, when we're living in wisdom, we have the Holy Spirit to draw upon and to know. And, and I think there's a lot of Christians who, who treat the Holy Spirit like a foreigner. Like, like, don't get too close. Don't mess up my my plan right here. And so, when we really need the Holy Spirit, we have no answer. We got nowhere to go. No maneuverability. We th- we feel trapped. And I believe, for the Christian, the believer in Jesus Christ, spiritually, you should never get to that place where you you feel cornered, backed up, and trapped. Because when you've been living, cultivating a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you've got a, a whole a whole armory, a whole a whole um, everything that you need for every situation that you can just say, I need this right now, I need that right now, I'm digging down deep. You know, King David, it says, when uh, his, his town of Ziklag, where he was living with his 600 men, got attacked when they were out warring uh, somewhere else, their, their town got attacked and all their, all their stuff got robbed, their wives and their children were captive and led away as, as uh, slaves by the enemy. And it says, David's men, said they started to grumble and they said well let's 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 kill david it's his fault we're following him we're gonna we're gonna punish him that was their worldly wisdom but you know what david's back to the wall his his family's been been captive uh his stuff's been stolen his world is upside down but it says david it said strengthened himself in the lord how did he do that he starts thinking, "Oh, I'm, I'm remembering that that psalm I wrote. I'm remembering those times in the presence of God." And and I, you know, guys, you know, I know you're angry with me, but right now I've got no answer. And maybe he just goes to a tent and he just cries out to God, he says, "Lord, show me what to do." And it says he says to God, "Should we go and get them? Should we follow them? Should we win?" And God says, "Yes, do it," because he gets a word from God because he's made a deposit in his life of a spiritual nature. So when the physical came bad. He had somewhere to go. So don't, you know, don't ever think, well, you know, if I'm back to the wall. I don't know what to do because when you're back to the wall, you do desperate things and you do stupid things and you do nasty things. And we don't want you to be nasty. We want you to be nice. So when the spirit is coming out, when when life gets tough, you'll, you'll counter those things with a good attitude and with a positive response. So if you need wisdom, ask God he's a generous God and he'll give it to you he'll not rebuke you for asking so the wisest thing to ask for is God's way in everything so God what you, should I should I invest in a house ask God should I take this job ask God should I marry that girl ask God should I be in this church ask God they're all the things that you need to be asking God. There's so many people, that, you know, this really, this is pastor's annoyance time. There's a lot of people who, who really just say, this really annoys pastors to the max. As I talk to other pastors, I know this. And they say, there's people who say, oh, we're just searching around for church. We're just checking it out. We're not sure where God wants us right now. So we're just going to flit around, try this one, try that one. Yeah, I like the worship there. Oh, that was a nice, nice building. Uh, like, I didn't like the preaching of that one. Uh, so we're just trying to find the perfect place. Now, that's, that's not really how God wants you to live in wisdom. When you're led by the Holy Spirit, you say, Lord, where do you want me to be? Wait till God tells you and then go there. And don't go nowhere in between. Stay where you are until God tells you. That's wisdom. That, that will help you to, to promote yourself into areas of ministry that you can't get by just trying this and that. Now, some people wait for the next, for the next offer. Come to our church. We'll make you. We'll make you a supervisor. Come to our church. We'll, we'll make you the head. Of this. You know, you can't live like that. That will lead to disappointment. You've got to be led by revelation from the Holy Spirit of where God is speaking to you to be and to go. I'm not being too mean, am I? I want you to love me. So, can I just have the musicians back and join me, please? Wisdom has two forms. Conventional worldly wisdom or spiritually godly wisdom? Just remember what I said earlier. We can't apply worldly wisdom to things that need spiritual wisdom. We need to understand this. We can't bring worldly wisdom to things that need spiritual wisdom. So when, when you're trying to apply a, a worldly wisdom, you say, well, you've got to save up to, to, to get. If you want to have anything, you've got, you've got to hoard stuff. You've got to, you've got to prepare yourself with all these things. Godly wisdom says if, if you want to be blessed, you've got to give. You've got to bless others. So there's, there's a difference between a worldly, secular wisdom or spiritual godly wisdom. So here's how it starts. In Deuteronomy 30, verse 19 and 20, it says this. Today, this is God speaking, if you're under, it's God speaking to people. he says, today... I have given you the choice. Who has the choice? You have the choice. Almost become a black American now. Today I have given you the choice. Between life and death, between blessing and curses, now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choices you make. You know what? You might think, I'm just making a choice and no one no one really knows. It's all in secret down here. It says heaven and earth are our witnesses to the choices that we make. Oh, that you would choose life. This is the voice of God saying, choose life. Choose wisdom. So that you and your descendants might live. What did Jesus say about living? He said that the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I've come to give you life in all its fullness. So wisdom says, choose life. Here today, a... people or maybe it's you who want to make that choice to believe jesus to to say i want to i want to be a follower of jesus i want to be a disciple of jesus christ now if you if you want to do that it's turning over your sins it's giving your sins to god and repenting of those things we don't preach about that a lot it's like come to jesus he'll love you he'll build you up he'll 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 give you a mansion and and a maserati but it's turning your sins and repenting of those things and giving jesus the first place instead when we live in that we we discover life as god intended us to live it's saying jesus it's no longer my will but yours be done can we just stand to our feet please so perhaps perhaps if you're facing life and you need wisdom and Let's face it, we all need wisdom. we all need wisdom every day for all sorts of things. then today here in this atmosphere of, of faith and life I'm going to invite you to come to the front and petition God and ask God for what you need and you know maybe we'll get to pray with you maybe we won't but the most important thing is you're saying holy Spirit I just want to get closer to you. I just want to I want to make a change in my life. It's never too late to change. I love this scripture. Today I've given you the choice. It's something for every day. So why don't we just um, perhaps close our eyes and, and have a we're gonna sing something here. And as we sing, as you feel ready, come come along out the front. Say, Jesus, I'm choosing wisdom today. I'm choosing wisdom. There's some things that that you'll need to develop. There's some things that you'll need to grow in. But make sure that you commit yourself to, to that wisdom, to that growing. Today, I've given you the choice between life and death. And today, when you go home, commit yourself to growing wisdom every day apply some of those things. Maybe you need to listen to the podcast or, or get this message some, somehow and start to say, God, help me to understand all these keys that, that we spoke about this morning. But today, what's most important is, is when the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you, you say, God, I want to get closer to you. I want to respond to that thing and I want to make it right. I want to make it right. So perhaps you're here and you're thinking, oh, I, I've never really confessed that I want to be a Christian then today come down and and one of the team will speak with you, Pastor Pauline or Pastor Kylie and Pastor Michael here. We'll come and we'll pray with you. And if you say, hey, um, I want to make that confession to be a believer in Jesus, then tell us and we'll just pray with you and support you and help you there. And if you're here and you're just saying, "I, I just feel that I want to grow in this area of wisdom for me personally, then we'll just love to pray with you and agree with you. And in this atmosphere of faith, I believe a deposit of something new and fresh will leave with you today and will carry you every day of your life from this day on so why don't we just uh open ourselves to the spirit as we sing right now and i